I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Jeremiah chapters 4 through 6. In Jeremiah chapter 4, we see the Babylonian attack upon Jerusalem. Verse 1. If thou wilt return, O Israel, saith the Lord, return unto me, and if thou wilt put away thine abominations out of my sight, then shalt thou not remove. And thou shalt swear the Lord liveth in truth, in judgment, and in righteousness. And the nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall they glory. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord, and take away the foreskins of your heart, ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire, and burn that none can quench it, because of the evil of your doings. Declare ye in Judah, and publish in Jerusalem, and say, Blow ye the trumpet in the land, cry, gather together, and say, Assemble yourselves, and let us go into the defensed cities." Set up the standard toward Zion, retire, stay not, for I will bring evil from the north, and a great destruction. The lion is come from his thicket, and the destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make thy land desolate, and thy city shall be laid waste without an inhabitant. For this gird you with sackcloth, lament and howl, for the fierce anger of the Lord is not turned back from us. And it shall come to pass at that day, saith the Lord, that the heart of the king shall perish, and the heart of the princes, and the priests shall be astonished, and the prophets shall wonder. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, surely thou hast greatly deceived this people, and Jerusalem, saying, Ye shall have peace, whereas the sword reacheth unto the soul. At that time shall it be said to his people and to Jerusalem, A dry wind of the high places in the wilderness toward the daughter of my people, not to fan, nor to cleanse. Even a full wind from those places shall come unto me. Now also will I give sentence against them. Behold, he shall come up as clouds, and his chariot shall be as a whirlwind. His horses are swifter than eagles. Woe unto us, for we are spoiled." O Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness, that thou mayest be saved. How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? For a voice declareth from Dan, and publisheth affliction from Mount Ephraim. Make ye mention to the nations, Behold, publish against Jerusalem, that watchers come from a far country, and give out their voice against the cities of Judah. As keepers of a field are they against her round about. Because she hath been rebellious against me, saith the Lord. Thy way and thy doings have procured these things unto thee. This is thy wickedness, because it is bitter, because it reacheth unto thine heart. My bowels, my bowels, I am pained at my very heart. My heart maketh a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace, because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Destruction upon destruction is cried, for the whole land is spoiled. Suddenly are my tents spoiled, and my curtains in a moment. How long shall I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? 
For my people is foolish, they have not known me. They are sottish children, and they have none understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge. I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void, and the heavens, and they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens were fled. I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord, and by his fierce anger. For thus hath the Lord said, The whole land shall be desolate, yet will I not make a full end. For this shall the earth mourn, and the heavens above be black. Because I have spoken it, I have purposed it, and will not repent, neither will I turn back from it. The whole city shall flee for the noise of the horsemen and bowmen. They shall go into thickets and climb up upon the rocks. Every city shall be forsaken, and not a man dwell therein. And when thou art spoiled, what wilt thou do? Though thou clothest thyself with crimson, though thou deckest thee with ornaments of gold, though thou rentest thy face with painting, in vain shalt thou make thyself fair. Thy lovers will despise thee, they will seek thy life. For I have heard a voice as of a woman in travail, and the anguish as of her that bringeth forth her first child, the voice of the daughter of Zion, that bewaileth herself, that spreadeth her hands, saying, Woe is me now, for my soul is wearied because of murderers. Well, there's lots of imagery in this chapter. However, don't get confused here. This imagery is talking about the coming invasion by the Babylonians upon Jerusalem, which, by the way, which was to happen in respect to this prophecy in 586 B.C. In verses 1 through 4, the men of Judah and Jerusalem are encouraged to clean up their hearts for God. Then, through verse 18, we have a description of the attack from the Babylonian army, who, by the way, approached from the north. We see that in verse 6. I know it sounds a lot like Revelation 19, but it is instead the fall of Jerusalem in 586 B.C., which is recorded in 2 Kings chapter 24. There's a clear invitation in these verses for Jerusalem and Judah to repent and to avoid God's wrath at the hand of the Babylonians. Isaiah, a hundred years or so earlier, had prophesied that Jerusalem and Judah would fall away from God and be defeated by the Babylonians. But here they are, encouraged to repent. Now, here's the bottom line. God did encourage them to repent and avoid defeat, but he knew they wouldn't do it. Jerusalem's total destruction is seen in verses 19 to 22. Then we see some familiar imagery in verses 23 to 26 that looks strikingly like they might be at home in the account of creation in Genesis chapter 1. Some Bible teachers have even pulled these verses way out of the context of the Babylonian seeds to create a doctrine of a previously inhabited earth that was destroyed between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and verse 2. Now, that's scriptural abuse. These teachers should be forced to memorize 2 Timothy 2.15 and recite it until they promise to rightly divide the word of truth. Anyway... Earth and land come from the exact same Hebrew word. That word is eretz. It can be correctly translated either way based upon the context of the passage. The destruction of the land when the Babylonians roll in, that's around the mountain range approaching from the north, that destruction will remind the inhabitants of a desolate earth, 
But verse 27 promises that the land will not be completely destroyed at that time. In verses 28 to 31, the people of Jerusalem will flee. This further invalidates the silly notion that these verses are talking about a previous total destruction and a new creation between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. In Jeremiah chapter 5, we see that Jeremiah has a challenge, beginning with verse 1. Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if ye can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. And though they say the Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely. O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. Therefore I said, Surely these are poor, they are foolish, for they know not the way of the Lord, nor the judgment of their God. I will get me into the great men, and will speak unto them, for they have known the way of the Lord, and the judgment of their God. But these have altogether broken the yoke, and burst the bonds. Wherefore a lion out of the forest shall slay them, and a wolf of the evening shall spoil them. A leopard shall watch over their cities. Every one that goeth out thence shall be torn in pieces, because their transgressions are many, and their backslidings are increased." How shall I pardon thee for this? Thy children have forsaken me, and sworn by them that are no gods. When I had fed them to the full, they then committed adultery, and assembled themselves by troops in the harlots' houses. They were as fed horses in the morning, every one neighed after his neighbor's wife. Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? And shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? Go ye up upon her walls, and destroy, but make not a full end, take away her battlements, for they are not the Lord's. For the house of Israel and the house of Judah have dealt very treacherously against me, saith the Lord. They have belied the Lord, and said, It is not he, neither shall evil come upon us, neither shall we see sword nor famine. And the prophets shall become wind, and the word is not in them, thus shall it be done unto them. God challenges Jeremiah in this passage to seek through Judah and Jerusalem for a righteous man. As you'll recall, after the death of Josiah in 609 B.C., recorded in 2 Kings chapter 23, he was the king of Judah, and there were no more righteous kings after him, none that even made an attempt at serving Jehovah. Jeremiah fails to find that righteous man, although there are those who claim so in verse 2, but they claim so falsely. Verse 6 contains three predatory animals who shall cause harm to the inhabitants. What do these predators represent? Some Bible students claim that these are literal beasts, while others maintain that they represent nations who have from time to time attacked Israel. Still others maintain that these predators are simply a representation of the viciousness of the soon-to-attack Babylonians themselves. From the context, it's simply impossible to absolutely identify uh, the nature of these predators for certain. Verse 7 is talking about adultery. Jeremiah and other prophets frequently referred to idolatry in a nation as national harlotry. For that reason, they cannot expect God's protection from the enemy. Moreover, they've dismissed the words of the prophets as we see in verse 13.
Then we see the proclamation of judgment upon Judah and Jerusalem in verses 14 to 31. Verse 14. Wherefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, Because ye speak this word, behold, I will make my words in thy mouth fire, and this people would, and it shall devour them. Lo, I will bring a nation upon you from far, O house of Israel, saith the Lord. It is a mighty nation, it is an ancient nation, a nation whose language thou knowest not, neither understandest what they say. Their quiver is as an open sepulchre. They are all mighty men, and they shall eat up thine harvest and thy bread, which thy sons and thy daughters should eat. They shall eat up thy flocks and thine herds. They shall eat up thy vines and thy fig trees. They shall impoverish thy fenced cities, wherein thou trustest with the sword. Nevertheless, in those days, saith the Lord, I will not make a full end with you, And it shall come to pass when ye shall say, Wherefore doeth the Lord our God all these things unto us? Then shalt thou answer them, Like as ye have forsaken me, and served strange gods in your land, so shall ye serve strangers in a land that is not yours. Declare this in the house of Jacob, and publish it in Judah, saying, Hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding, which have eyes and see not, which have ears and hear not. Fear ye not me, saith the Lord? Will ye not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual degree, that it cannot pass? And though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet they cannot prevail. Though they roar, yet can they not pass over it? But this people hath a revolting and a rebellious heart. They are revolted and gone. Neither say they in their heart, Let us now fear the Lord our God, that giveth rain, both the former and the latter, In his season, he reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Your iniquities have turned away these things, and your sins have withholden good things from you. For among my people are found wicked men. They lay wait, as he that setteth snares. They set a trap. They catch men. As a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. Therefore they are become great and waxen rich." They are waxen fat, they shine, yea, they overpass the deeds of the wicked. They judge not the cause, the cause of the fatherless, yet they prosper, and the right of the needy do they not judge. Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means, and my people love to have it so, And what will you do in the end thereof? Now verse 15 says, in effect, Babylon is coming. And when they arrive, they'll be hostile. We see that in verses 16 and 17. Judah's rebellion against God was just too great. Verse 18 guarantees the remainder of a remnant left in Judah. Then, through verse 31, Jeremiah stresses how they have turned their backs on God. Notice verse 29, it says, Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? In other words, they should expect God's judgment. Perhaps the most sobering verse in this section is verse 31. It says, The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means, and my people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? In essence, it says the prophets are false, and the priests aren't connected to God, and the people, well, they like it that way. 
In chapter 6, Jeremiah prophesies regarding the imminent destruction of Jerusalem. Verse 1, O ye children of Benjamin, gather yourselves to flee out of the midst of Jerusalem, and blow the trumpet into Koah, and set up a sign of fire in beth for evil appeareth out of the north, and great destruction. I have likened the daughter of Zion to a comely and delicate woman. The shepherds with their flocks shall come unto her. They shall pitch their tents against her round about. They shall feed every one in his place. Prepare ye war against her. Arise, and let us go up at noon. Woe unto us, for the day goeth away. For the shadows of the evening are stretched out. Arise, and let us go by night, and let us destroy her palaces. For thus hath the Lord of hosts said, Hew ye down trees, and cast a mound against Jerusalem. This is the city to be visited. She is holy oppression in the midst of her. As a fountain casteth out her waters, so she casteth out her wickedness. Violence and spoil is heard in her. Before me continually is grief and wounds. Be thou instructed, O Jerusalem, lest my soul depart from thee, lest I make thee desolate, a land not inhabited. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, They shall throughly glean the remnant of Israel as a vine. Turn back thine hand as a grape-gatherer into the baskets. To whom shall I speak and give warning, that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. Therefore I am full of the fury of the Lord. I am weary with holding in. I will pour it out upon the children abroad, and upon the assembly of young men together. For even the husband with wife shall be taken, the aged with him that is full of days. And their houses shall be turned unto others, with their fields and wives together. For I will stretch out my hand upon the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. For from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, every one is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even unto the priest, every one dealeth falsely. They have healed also the herd of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Therefore hear, ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. To what purpose cometh there to me incense from Sheba, and the sweet cane from a far country? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices sweet unto me. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will lay a stumbling blocks before this people, and the fathers and the sons together shall fall upon them. The neighbor and his friend shall perish. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, a people cometh from the north country, and a great nation shall be raised from the sides of the earth. They shall lay hold on bow and spear. They are cruel, and have no mercy. Their voice roareth like the sea, and they ride upon horses, set in array as men for war against thee, O daughter of Zion. We have heard the fame thereof. Our hands wax feeble, 
Anguish hath taken hold of us, and pain as of a woman in travail. Go not forth into the field, nor walk by the way, for the sword of the enemy and fear is on every side. O daughter of my people, gird thee with sackcloth, and wallow thyself in ashes. Make thee mourning as for an only son, most bitter lamentation. For the spoiler shall suddenly come upon us. I have set thee for a tower and a fortress among my people, that thou mayest know and try their way. They are all grievous revolters, walking with slanders. They are brass and iron. They are all corruptors. The bellows are turned. The lead is consumed to the fire. The founder melteth in vain, for the wicked are not plucked away. Reprobate silver shall men call them, because the Lord hath rejected them. Well, they'll never be able to say that Jeremiah didn't warn them. As a matter of fact, he warns his own tribe, Benjamin, in verse 1. He spends this whole chapter talking about the wickedness of those in Judah and Jerusalem, being the reason they would be overwhelmed by the Babylonian armies that would be coming. Make no mistake about it, the Babylonians did the conquering, but God was the judge who made it possible because of the wickedness of his people. In verse 3, Jeremiah refers to the Babylonian leaders and their accompanying soldiers as shepherds with their flocks encamped round about Jerusalem. Verse 6 addresses the means of the attack by the Babylonians. They chop down trees and build ramps by which they are able to scale the walls with their troops. We find additional condemnation against Judah in verses 10 through 21 for refusing to heed the warnings of God's prophets regarding their departure from God. Israel's rejection of God was a flat, unreserved rejection as seen in verse 17 when it says, Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet, but they said, We will not hearken. Notice verse 19, it says, Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. Babylon may have been the conquering nation, but Israel's rejection of God was the cause of their fall to these Babylonians. Make no mistake about it, God gave them over to the Babylonians. In verse 22, we see that the enemy will be approaching from the north. Even though Babylon was east, there was a mountain range due east of Jerusalem, which caused the enemies, earlier it was the Assyrians and now it's the Babylonians, caused them to go around the mountains and come down from the north. Verses 22 to 26 portray these Babylonian conquerors as cruel. Verses 27 through 30 compare Judah's hardship at the hand of the Babylonians to metals being tested for purity and, by the way, failing that purity test. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.